Well, happy Easter, everybody. It's great to, uh, great to be here. I, I really enjoyed, um, I, I went yesterday to the Cathedral Square and watched the, uh, the Passion Play, and they went, um, uh, Jen starred, very good. Uh, it's excellent. But uh, uh, just a lot of works went into it, but it was a reenactment of um, the last days of, of Jesus' life and then his re- resurrection, and it was just uh, so, so well done. But I must admit, one, one of my favourite bits, which was off script, was at one point, Jesus disappeared, and a little voice behind me, this little boy, said, where's Jesus gone? I bet he's getting a burger. <laughs> that was definitely, I've read the Gospels, that's definitely not in there. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely didn't pop out for a burger, but it was very, it was very sweet. And this child was obviously really wrapped up on, in the occasion, which was good. I, I, the last few years, number of years, around Easter time, um, I, I read through the Easter story in each of the Gospels in the, in the week leading up to Easter. It's just uh, been my kind of practice. Uh, I recommend it. It's, re- it's really good. I do the same at Christmas, not Easter. I read the Christmas story uh, around Christmas. Uh, I, I'm... I'm not a particularly Christmassy person, but I, I, I just get into the story and um, uh, really, really in, enjoy it. And uh, you can read the, the uh, Easter story and, and you can meditate on different bits of it, really. Uh, some people uh, meditate on, on the words of Jesus on the cross. My God, my God, why did you forsake me? Uh, the various other things he said, you can uh, meditate on, well, what was he doing? Did he carry all, all our sins? Uh, was he a ransom for many? Or you can meditate on in different ways. But uh, this year I've been particularly struck by the way Jesus met with people just where they were. Uh, in fact, pretty much what Pete said, which was, um, he said, I don't know, he couldn't have read my notes because only Jesus and I can read my notes because uh, <laughs> that's the way they're written. So, uh, but um, he really did meet with people just where they were. And I just want to really very simply and quite uh, briefly just uh, mention that this morning. And I've used John's Gospel. So if you've got a Bible sticking around and you haven't read it recently, or even if you have, uh, you know, when you get home, uh, I'm not going to do a reading, but that's where I got these particular meetings from. There's other ones in other other Gospels. And um, so I just want to go through, really, um, it was the play yesterday, I thought, of all the people in, in the cast. And so this is a bit of an Easter Sunday cast list. You know, you get that if you go to, go to a play or something, you get the cast list, who plays what part. So here's the cast list. I'm going to start with John. And what I noticed with John and, and a bit Peter, who, who runs with him, uh, is J- Jesus provided certainty for those that were really inquiring. Uh, they, they hear the news. Some ladies come into to the gathering and, and say that Jesus is risen. And, and um, if you lived in 20th century, century Britain, because we're a bunch of cynics in this country, we, we would just kind of say, yeah, something like that. Nah, he, he can't have risen because we all know dead people don't rise. But, but John was inquiring. I, I love people that ask questions. I know it's awkward sometimes, but I, I love inquiring minds. I remember when I was at Bible college, Debbie, we just started going out. She used to be embarrassed by me because I would always be interrupting lectures putting my hand up and saying, yeah, but what about so-and-so? And what do you mean by so-and-so? I think having a questioning mind, maybe it's just my excuse, but I think a questioning mind is good. And Jesus, for those who are inquiring, provided certainty. 
And so John hears this rumours of the empty tomb and he, he races there, he legs it and he's faster than Peter and, and, and he has to bend down to look into the tomb and what he sees there is he sees crumpled linen. It's a particular Greek word. It's as, it's as if the linen's still laid out in a body shape but it's kind of just crumpled. It's as if a body has evaporated out of it. It's a bit Star Trek-y. Uh, you know, the, the body's no longer there and he sees this crumpled linen but separate to that he sees the cloth that would have gone around the, the head keep the, the jaw shut or whatever uh, soon after death uh, he sees that separate and all neatly folded up and he just sees this and thinks that, that's not normal that's, that's not what you do if you'd revived you'd have had to unwrap yourself if you'd been stolen you'd take the whole thing and, and he just sees that, that those little bits of evidence and it says and he believes that some of us need a bit more convincing others of us but, but what a wonderful thing when, when, you, when you see something when an inquiring mind sees something and believes and it's good to be inquiring so it, it, some of us may be in different places with regard to our faith but it's good to be inquiring. We, we know this as we look into it. Jesus was certainly dead. There are, there are some people that say Jesus just kind of swooned on the cross, old-fashioned word, that he kind of fainted off and then in a cold tomb he revived. But yeah, th these guys were experts. They did hundreds, if not thousands, of crucifixions. They were experts. The centurion knew, dead, he knew deadness when he came across it. And, and the side was pierced and the, 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 the watery liquid separated from the blood, the serum, it, it, it came out separately. He was definitely dead. And the tomb was certainly empty. It, it was just empty. Uh, someone said, well, what if the disciples stole the body? But why, why would you, if you'd stolen the body, would you step forward for possible death yourself later for a lie? I, well, I... I wouldn't. I, I, a few months later, when someone was going to hold me before the courts and flog me and possibly execute me, I think if, I, if I'd been James, who was beheaded a bit later, and I'd stolen the body, I'd go, OK, guys, I'm sorry. It was, it was all a joke. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? I mean, I wouldn't. You just wouldn't do that. And if, if the authorities had stolen it, when people started preaching that Jesus had been raised from the dead, they would have simply produced the body. They would have dug him up again and said, look, he's, he's, he's dead. No, the tomb was certainly an empty of a dead body. I was reading um, this week of a guy called Frank Morrison. He, he wrote a book called Who Moved the Stone? In fact, he wrote it in about 1930 and it was republished 2014, I think. It's been constantly republished. And he, he started off writing a new book called Jesus, The Last Phase. That was, and it was about the last weeks of Jesus and, and his assumption was he's a scientific guy he said I believe in science not miracles and he started looking into the evidence to write a book called Jesus the last phase and, uh, 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 he, uh, and he looked into it uh, and the end, end sentence of his book is this there is a deep and historic basis for that much disputed sentence on the third day he rose from the dead I, lo I love that I think it's a great way to end a book but, but if you're inquiring, uncertain but inquiring, that, that's a great place to be. And I recommend that, that book or there's other, other books. Evidence Demands a Verdict is another book written uh, by Josh McDowell, who, who again started off trying to disprove 
the Bible, disprove who Jesus was and disprove the resurrection and became convinced as he went through. So that's, that's John. Second one, second character, Mary. And in Mary, I think that the big lesson is this, that Jesus provides hope for the despondent. And uh, the truth this morning is in a congregation this size, not, not huge, but more, more than, a, you know, if you get more than 10 people, there'll be someone who's feeling a bit down, won't there? Because that, the world we live in is up and, up and down, and we're up and down as, as human beings. But Mary was full of sorrow. And uh, she came really just to complete the, the Middle Eastern burial rituals because Jesus had been buried in a hurry, hadn't been anointed with perfumes, and, which was their practice. And uh, so she gets there and, and the body's been moved. And uh, she's even, she was upset already. She's grieving. Uh, and she's, now she's even more upset because she can't even grieve properly because there's no body to grieve over, no, no grave to go to. And, uh, and so she's wandering in confusion. And you probably remember the story, how she spoke to this chap. She thinks he's, she thinks he's the gardener because it's early morning and he's about in the garden. He must be a member of staff. And, and, and she says, tell me, where did they take him? You were on the early shift. Where, where did they take him? What, what's happened to him? And she's just all confused. She's probably got blurry eyed, her mascara's running. And she's got her eyes filled with tears. Do they have mascara? I don't know. And, and um, she's in a state. And then he just says, you know, sometimes there's the way, there's the way that beloved people say your name. That no, no, you know, do you know what I mean? No one else can quite say it. it I don't mean when Jane calls you Fluffy Bunny Kid, so don't mean that. I mean, I mean there's something in the way a, a loved person says your name. Only, only they say it like that. And, and there's this moment of, of recognition. Wow, it, it's Jesus. It's, it's, the, it's the rabbi, Rabboni, she says, teacher. She wants to grab hold of him and not let him go again uh, until he, he insists, you know, don't grab hold of me, woman. I've got to go. I've got places to go to. I've got to go back to my father and your father now, my God and your God now. That's just a wonderful. And so she, her despondency gets turned to, to joy. She's full of, it's kind of, it, it says, when they, these ladies, when they went back home, they were afraid yet filled with joy. What, what a wonderful Easter emotion. <laughs> They've been despondent. They're full of fear what is going on, and yet they're filled with joy because Jesus is alive again. And uh, the wonderful thing is this. He knows your name too. You know, we're not... I know, you know, the, for the tax man, I, I'm, you know, WCX, whatever my, my number. I'm just a number for the tax man. You know, I'm pretty, pretty much a number for everybody else as well. I'm just an account number for Amazon. I'm just... You know... You know that's how it is. Life seems to get even more impersonal, doesn't it? Not, not more personal. Eh? But to God, he knows your name. John 10, verse 3, Jesus talking about himself, the perfect shepherd, the good or ideal shepherd. He said, the ideal shepherd knows his own sheep and he calls them by name. Isn't that wonderful? He calls his own sheep by name. John 10, verse 3. So if you're dis despondent this morning, if you're discouraged and low, ask him to draw close. Ask, ask him for a fresh personal uh, encounter, e even today. He draws close to us. At, often at our lowest point, he comes to meet with us. And that was true for Mary. So she's the second one. John, provide, uh, John we learn, he provides certainty for the inquiring. Mary, he provides hope for the despondent. What about the disciples? 
They're all there. Their boss, the one they followed, he's just been crucified. If they did that to him, what are they going to do to us? <laughs> you, know, you can understand it, can't you? They're, they're locked. They, they put themselves into a room and they've locked the doors. <laughs> they're just kind of, we're, we're, we're on closed down. We're just fearful. We're, we're hiding. We're scared for our lives. And in the midst of that, we read that Jesus provides peace for the scared. They're all terrified. They're full of fear. And Jesus suddenly appears right amongst them. That's a great trick, isn't it? He suddenly is amongst them. And what does he say? He says, shalom, which means peace. It's actually a much bigger word than the English word peace. Much bigger. It's, it's wholeness to you, wellness to you, salvation to you, healing to you. Why? Well, because I've come alive again. I died for your sins. I've been raised so you can be declared not guilty. And one day you can be whole and complete. Shalom, peace to you who are scared. Isn't that wonderful? See, there are some people who come to you and say, oh, they say, oh, don't worry. Do you ever have someone come and put, oh, don't worry. And, and you think, don't worry, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever, do you have, does that ever go through your mind? I can't, am I the only one? Oh, good. There's, there's, there's two of us. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, but, you know, you can trust the word of someone who says peace when they've just been raised from the dead. They, they, they have a, a degree of authority that I don't have to say, hey, yeah, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going through, but I have triumphed. I've, I've come through this peace to you. Now, I... Um, I've had a little bit, not lots, but a little bit of con um, contact with Andrei Bondarenko, who's still in the west of Ukraine at, at the moment. And uh, he fled the east in 2014 when, when the Russians invaded the east of the country. Now he's in the west and wondering what to do now and sending, going to and fro with aid. And he, he oversees our, our, our churches there. And he said this sentence, I think it, it fits in so well. He said, he said, we have peace. I think that's remarkable. <laughs> We, we have peace, but this does not mean nothing will happen. It means he is with us. Isn't that good? I think that's just, that's not a, that's not a theological statement. That's someone who's, who's living and finding Jesus is with us in the midst of uncertainty and shelling and all the other things we see too much of on our news. We have peace. This does not mean that nothing will happen. It means that he is with us. Now, he's with you too. If you've called out to him, he's with you. He says, I'll never leave you. It might feel sometimes in life circumstances, where are you, God? And you know what? He's right there with you. He's right there in the darkest times. He's right there with you and provides peace for the scared. And then the, the, the next one, the fourth one, uh, is the one Pete, Pete mentioned. Uh, he provides acceptance for the doubter. Thomas, Thomas is not there. Uh, my, name's, my surname's Thomas. Thomas the doubter. Thomas is slightly cynical, and uh, he's not there, and, and he kind of says, well, I know you say he's alive, but for myself, I don't believe it. I, I don't believe it. You know, and some of us, some of the more scientifically minded people will be, unless, unless I can measure the hole, unless I can put my hand in the wound, unless I can see him for myself, I want proof. That was the kind of, some of us, we're all different temperaments, and that was his, his temperament, wasn't it? He wanted proof. Uh, he, was a, he was a doubter. And, you know, 
it's f funny, you know, you, there are different sorts of, there's total cynicism, but doubt is often not the total absence of faith, it's the striving for faith. I, I want to have faith, but I want more. I, I, I'm not quite there yet. And that's, that was Thomas, you know I, I know, I accept that you say you've seen him. That's great, that's really great for you. I wish I was there, but I'm, but I'm not there and I, w I want to be there, but, I, but I'm not, I want, I want proof. And, and Jesus appears to him and um, there's no condemnation. Absolutely no. I would love to hear the tone of voice when he said to Thomas, you know, come on then, stick your finger in. I would, <laughs> I would love to know, did he, did he say that in a cheeky way? Was he, was he rebuking him? I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd just love to hear the, the tone of voice when he said that. Obviously, he, he, he'd heard what Thomas said, but, but he was saying, okay, Thomas, you want proof? That's okay. You got doubts? That's okay. Here I am. Check, check me out. Look, here are, the, here are the nail marks. Here's the wound. Amazing, amazing. There's acceptance, total, no condemnation for you. No, oh, you didn't have much faith, do you? There were times when Jesus did say, you know, you haven't got much faith, you lot. But, but he didn't even say that. He accepts Thomas with all his doubts and uncertainties. He meets them and, and he does. And the, the net result because of the kindness of Jesus was that Thomas says, my Lord and my God. It's really personal. Can you say that this morning? He's my, it's not just, oh, he's God up there somewhere. God in a book, God in a church. No, he's my Lord and he's my God. And Thomas moved from, well, he's your God because you saw him, but I didn't see him. He moves and it's now personal to him. He's my Lord. He's my God. There's acceptance for the doubter. And that very acceptance helped Thomas move forward in his faith. And then there's Peter. We've heard about Peter earlier on. Really powerful. Peter, Peter. so Peter teaches us as restoration for the mess-ups, for the deniers. And which one of us hasn't messed up? Which one of us has not made a mess of things at some point or another? Peter really seriously messed up everything. And not only did he mess it up, but he messed it up after saying that he never would mess it up. After saying, I'm going to be loyal, where these other guys, oh, Isaac, he'll probably leave. John, well, you know what he's like. But me, oh, Lord, I'm going to stick with you forever. No, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm the loyal type, Lord. I'm be, I'll be there, I've got my sword. But, and then after a quick, you know, chopping off the servant's ear or whatever, he, uh, that got sorted. Then he, he just runs for it. He scarpers, he runs off. Uh, and then not only did he run off uh, 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 and away, then, then he kind of follows Jesus. He's kind of got, I don't want to be associated with him, but I do want to be associated with him. He's kind of a to and fro believer. And, uh, and then he does this thing of denying Jesus three times. I mean, not just once, but three times. And the last time, he's so emphatic that he has a kind of swear up as well. Just kind of just to prove he really doesn't hang around with Jesus. He does a whole load of swearing and just makes it quite clear. And uh, and then he Jesus turns and looks at him and he, and he's just oh I've messed up. I've just I, I, you know I'm not worth being with Jesus anymore. Uh, and even later he turns to well I'm off fishing. That's it. My career as a follower of Jesus is over. I, I'm off. And but Je what was Jesus's response? What's Jesus' response when, when you've really messed up your life, when you've really denied him, when you've behaved in a way you'd be embarrassed to tell the person sitting next to you? What was Jesus' response? He cooks him fried fish for breakfast. That's, it's kind of not what you'd expect, is it? He 
he calls, provides a massive great um, economic boost by filling their nets with fish. And then they come to shore and there's, a, there's, there's barbecued fish. It smells nice, I can almost, I can almost imagine it. On the, on the rocks, a little coal fire of charcoal, some fish grilling. See, his first, Jesus, is, what, what's he doing? He, he's offering friendship. Food is the best way to make friends. And I'm not saying that just because I love food, although I do love food. But food is a great way to make friends. That's what Jesus is saying. When you say, come and eat with me, particularly in an Eastern context, in a Middle Eastern context, when you say, come and eat with me, you're saying, let's be friends. That's what you're saying. It's a, a culture of hospitality. It brings shame on you if you don't offer hospitality. But, but someone who denied you, maybe when they've shamed you, maybe you get them back. But Jesus is not getting him back. He's saying, no, welcome. Come, sit with me. Let's eat together. He's offering friendship to those who really mess it up. And, and, then he, and then he asks, the second thing he does is he takes Peter to one side and he simply says, well, do you still love me? It's a great question to ask ourselves, isn't it? Jesus, do I still love you? And, and he asked him once for each time he'd been denied. I mean, that must have really hurt. <laughs> and, and in the end, Peter says, look, Jesus, you know. You, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus offered that restoration to someone who'd messed it up, that acceptance, peace. It's wonderful, isn't it? Absolutely wonderful. And, and we could go on longer. We could talk about those guys. Who, do you remember the guys on the Emmaus Road? Even when Jesus had appeared to them and, and said, look, wait in Jerusalem. You're gonna be, you're gonna, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. You're going to take my gospel to all, all the nations of the world. And that, they said, well, we think we go somewhere else. <laughs> they're wandering off to Emmaus in, in their confusion and, and even then he joins them he just joins them, he just walks with them they're going the wrong direction and Jesus, you know if you're going the wrong direction this morning Jesus still walks beside you isn't that wonderful? he walked along the road beside them listening into their conversation asking them and then he opened up the scriptures to them and suddenly they recognised him and he vanished from their sight and what did they do? they turned around it's a good thing to do. If you're wandering in the wrong direction, away from Jesus, turn around, hear him explain things to you, and they joined the mission again. They were filled with the Spirit and began to reach out to others in the months and years that laid ahead. So that's the cast list. I hope it's been encouraging to you. I found it really encouraging. There's certainty for those who are inquiring. And if you're inquiring, that's a great thing. Keep inquiring. There's hope for those who are despondent. There's peace for those who are scared, acceptance for those who have doubts, restoration for those who have messed up, and a redirection for those who are going in the wrong direction. Let's pray together, shall we? I don't know which, um, if any of those you relate to the most. I don't know if you can imagine yourself as John the Inquirer, or Mary the Devastated, Scared Disciple, Doubtful Thomas, Peter messed it all up. People on the road to Emmaus going the wrong direction. But just know this, that Jesus comes to you this morning, just as he did so long ago. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you for these wonderful stories that are so, they're so like us, Lord, so true to life. And so we pray for one another. Lord, will you 
come to each one in our various circumstances and encourage us to move forward with you. We give you our doubts, we give you our messes, we give you our fears, our doubts, our questions. Thank you, Jesus, that you are alive and well and able to cope with all our foibles. And we trust you with our lives all over again this Easter Sunday. And we ask you that you'd help us to uh, meet with you, follow you, to be reconnected with you and to pursue your purposes for our lives in the days to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.